Give me that microphone, Bartlett. Yeah. Guys, welcome to episode whatever. <laughs> I'm getting some color. I think we're up to like. Actually, let me. I'm doing this live. Fuck, I'm doing it live. Uh, we're going to look at Red Circle because that's where our podcast is. Remember to type in Nerd Review Network while I'm going on there. going to choose that. And then. This is episode 22. So we're here. We're going to be talking about WCW Saturday night, February 13th of 1993. And then WWF Raw, February 15th of 1993. Uh, you know, we're going through, you know, pretty much not the Monday Night Wars yet, but the two companies facing off on their big... Uh, new shows that they have going on here um mm -hmm. but, but before we go into that uh we're gonna do some news so i watched fall gear well, fall gear full gear and i have to say it was a decent show um keep in mind it does have its hokiness that all the cornet people hate and all the people that love professional wrestling i feel like <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's always going to be there now. Like, that's the new generation. Um, I, I'll go off with a dark match because this was on f before the pay-per-view. Like, they're, they're free TV, kind of like showing what the pay-per-view is going to be, a buy-in pretty much. Uh, and it was Serena Deeb, uh, the new NWA w uh, Women's World Champion against Allison Kay. Uh mm. And it was a good match. Like, Allison K fucking kept up with her. She's she didn't like she she didn't look like she lost a beat from you know pretty much not wrestling a lot since NWA um, is <laughs> not a thing right now. Just the belts. Yeah. Uh, and then after that match, Thunder Rosa came out and uh, pretty much went in Serena Deeb's face because she won. Uh, pretty much saying, "I want my belt back." <laughs> Hey, I want to know something. Yeah. How come how come the world's heavyweight champion and the women's the NWA women's champion can go defend their belts in other companies? But the tag team champions or the North American champion or even the television champion can't do the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> I that's a good question. Um, I, well, you know, hang on a minute, though. Actually, I think that um, the North America, or not the North America, the TV title did change hands um, a couple months ago, I think. Who's the champion now? Um, It was Zicky Dice, and then somebody took it off of him. I can't remember who anymore. Oh, it was uh, Pope. I think it was Pope. Yeah. Yeah, Pope. Yeah. Which is good. Cause fuck, I like Pope. <laughs> the only problem, like. I, I, I like when they have inter like promotions like doing that. Mm -hmm. Um it, it just feels cause it feels like everything's going to AEW. Like obviously NXT and WWE are not gonna be doing that because Vince is weird about that. Yep. Uh but sometimes that could make things a little confusing for like a casual fan. Because mm -hmm. You know, look at WWE, they have all these belts, and then now you have, like, an NWA women's belt, an AEW women's belt. It's kind of like, what's going on? If you're not if you're not a mark, 
you don't know what's going on. So that's the only thing I have a problem with. Um, but I, I don't mind seeing Allison Kay. I don't mind seeing Serena Deeb. I hope I'm saying her name right. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, Allison Kay's is independent is free agent now. Yeah, they should pick her up and put her. They in need the... they need fucking girls that know how to wrestle in that company. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So then we get into the pay per view: Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. It was an okay match. Um. It's a weird storyline because remember, like they had all this like fallout and shit after they lost the championships and apparently like the young bucks kicked adam page out of the elite after they broke up with each other yeah it, like it a just, bunch of boyfriends yeah just like everything seemed ignored in that but <laughs> kenny omega did pick it up and he won this match and that it was good so he's the number one contender um for the aew world heavyweight championship did you see the dynamite before the the pay per view? I might have. Uh, yeah, what? There, there was. They made this video package showing the, the the breakup of Kenny Omega and Adam Page, set to that song. You don't know what it's got till it's gone. Oh no! And I literally laughed because I laughed out loud because I'm like, are they they seriously bought that song to use for this for this feud? It's just not even like it's kind of like lame the way they executed it. Yeah, that's so gay. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to bring out the G word for that. It's, it's kind of gay. Like yeah. honestly, I can't see. <laughs> I cannot see them. They they didn't earn the right to use that song. Mm-hmm. Now a team that would earn the right to use that song if they broke up. Like I'm trying to think of an old one for a good example would be like, I don't know, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. <laughs> because like they were the two dudes with attitude. They were best bros and shit. You know, they were best friends, and then they they fucking got mad at each other. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, there's gonna be some weird shit because you have Kenny Omega, Adam, 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 uh, Adam Page, uh, Adam Co- Omega, Kenny Page, yeah, <laughs> and Cody <laughs> and the Young Bucks, pretty much all VPs. So they're all gonna come up with stupid shit. Uh, besides Cody, Cody's like the only one that does uh, actually have good ideas. Uh, Seems like it. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Defeated uh, John Silver, who is part of the uh, Dark Order. Who cares? I didn't really care for this match at all. I don't know why it was there. Um, they like John Silver, and Tony Khan really likes Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I, I had a debate with somebody because Brian Cage is a big dude. He's with fucking Taz and Ricky Starks. And, like... They're pushing Orange Cassidy over those guys that are actually better. Ricky Starks has so much fucking talent. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a good example. They're pushing this fucking dude. And they're giving, like, John Silver TV time. A guy who is, like... I'm just being honest. Like, the dude's, like, five foot seven, And he's... The he's never going to be fucking main event guy or anything like that. I will say he... He's a good mid carder. He he can wrestle, um, but you yeah. you make him uh, illegitimate when you make him do all this comedy shit with Dark Order because he's the whiny. Uh, I could do anything, but I'm a, I'm a henchman that will fail. So mm-hmm. I that's why I didn't care because I was like Orange Cassidy's gonna go over. If he loses to fucking John Silver, that kind that kind of puts Ca- Orange Cassidy down, which. 
I was kind of rooting for John Silver, but <laughs> that's a pipe dream. It puts Cassidy down, though, but it also puts down Chris Jericho, who wasted like half the year fucking putting this guy over. Yeah. <laughs> Next match was Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Um, good match. Um, they they had a couple of good matches already. Uh, Darby Allen, <laughs> like literally fucking like killing himself to get this TNT Championship. And they're flirting with the Cody Rhodes possibly becoming heel with Arn Anderson, which I don't mind. Um, that I think that's kind of setting up maybe the Four Horsemen kind of stuff going on with Arn and Tully and with Spears and everything. So maybe that's a storyline that's brewing for a long time that might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good match. Uh, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose, fucking boring. And Nyla Ro- Rose lost again. Uh, which, Fuck. which she's buried. Um, when, when you're losing to small Asian people, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, she's she, one, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get a lot of heat if somebody's listening to this. She's a man that wants to be identified as a woman is losing to small stick Asian people. She should be destroying them. Riho before her, which was even more unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then and now she and it's not like you can't do a match like that and make it work. Yeah. It's just because the way they think about wrestling now is they don't know how to do that kind of match anymore. They don't know how to do Sting versus Vader anymore. No. <laughs> uh, next match. I was okay with where it was going if FTR was going to lose, which, spoiler alert, alert, they lost to the Young Bucks. Fuck. Uh, so <laughs> the match was really good. FTR kept them at bay. They weren't doing their little flippy, super kick, dumb shit. Then out of nowhere, fucking out of nowhere, Young Bucks have to do like these honoring other tag teams by doing their finisher moves. So they were doing 3D, and they did the 3D, and then they did the fucking um, Doomsday device. Like, why? Why do you did, did, did they do the double drop kick? I don't remember. I just I just remember rolling my eyes so hard that I just stopped looking for a while. <laughs> because dude, like I don't mind if you do the move, but like it, it, if you ever seen the first uh the new the the new Star Wars trilogy, the first movie where you're just like, "Oh, they're doing a lot of fan service." That's what the young bucks were doing. A lot of it's kind fans. of pandery, yeah, yeah, and that killed it for me for the match. I was like, "Wow, you guys were having an amazing match, and you just ruined it." And now the young bucks are not evil apparently anymore. They're not kicking people. They're not serious now. They're just like we're the best and challenging <laughs> in- indie stars for next week. Apparently, I didn't think they were evil. I thought they were just like ass mad, like they were just butt hurt. Well, they're they were just taking it out on people because they they had to break up with their boyfriends. Like, thought their boyfriend group broke up, and they were mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match, which is... Did Sammy almost kill Matt again? No, um... Okay. <laughs> Matt... I like, Sa- I like Sammy, I'm just saying. Matt... 
part of the part of the plan killed Sammy Guevara. Uh and there was two there there was a fucking battle zone where they had like these guns that shoot out fucking fireworks and they were just shooting each other. Like it was a what? battle Yeah, it was like a battlefield. <laughs> And then well, that, that is like the deletion with Jeff, though, where they shot fireworks and shit at each other. Okay. <laughs> so the inner circle was there, right? And in the beginning of the match, uh, Matt Hardy's on the phone. And he's like, I'm going to need your help, guys, uh, because, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to fight fair. So uh, Private Party helped out Matt Hardy because he's like being he's kind of being like the Michael Hayes for them. In a way, because remember, he's like being a, a, he's being a mentor for them. Yeah, and Hurricane showed up. Oh, uh, so that was a surprise. And then there was a guy with a mask doing like this dark you know, voice, like "All right, not today, Hurricane." And I'm like, "Who the fuck is this?" And it's Gangrel. I heard about that. Gangrel was there. I was like, "What?" Yeah, so I I popped for Gangrel. I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." <laughs> And it, it was it was good. It's just it's just in your typical deletion match, which was fun to watch. Those are fun. Look, would... I, I I do like some some goofy shit. Like the, I'm still of the opinion like if you like wrestling, you have to be able to accept some goofiness. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, um, the only thing I'll say negative about it is because most deletion matches never had commentary. But this, this one did. But this one did it. It was just Excalibur and JR going, I guess he's going to do that to him. And it was just fucking weird. Uh. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend if it's uh, on YouTube to take a look at it. It was a good match. Um, this one, the last two matches um, were good, but I'll, I'll talk about the uh, main event. But MJF versus Chris Jericho and a winner if MGF, MJF wins he's in the inner circle um, because they were kind of doing this like big uh, you know I want to join but you have to like prove yourself kind of thing yeah and it was really good <laughs> to the point where MJF won by cheating uh, and Chris Jericho uh, no yeah MJF used a ring, and then Chris Jericho tried to use a bat, but it got caught by the the female referee. And then MJF uh, won by rolling up Chris Jericho and winning, pretty much. Hmm. And they all were happy for each other at the end because they're they're part of the inner circle now. You uh, baby, good job. <laughs> what the yeah. Fuck? So this match I was highly anticipated for. It was John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. The promos were fucking on point, besides the last one where Eddie Kingston looked like he was going to cry when he talked about his mom. Um, his mom is very dear to him. Yeah. It was an I quit <laughs> match. Uh, and there was barbed wire. There was tables. There was uh, thumbtacks and shit. It was very underwhelming. I have to say, uh, the Kenny Omega versus John Moxley was way hardcore, and I bet you they didn't do it because all the bitches were complaining and shit. Yeah, so, a lot. I was surprised by the amount of people that came out and bitched about that match. So they kind of did like a low tier of that, and I think they should have done that Kenny Omega match with Eddie Kingston if Eddie Kingston was there at that time. Uh, or they, they could have saved it for this match. But when when you think of an I quit match, right? 
You're supposed to say I quit, right? Mm-hmm. So, I didn't hear Eddie Kingston say I quit in this match. So what nope. happened? So what happened is John Moxley took a barbed wire and kind of wrapped it and put him like in a chokehold, and then the referee decided he quit <laughs> because, because he passed out. Yeah. So like this is so uh, I I I want to see another rematch. I think this was very. I don't know if John Moxley kind of fucked it up because he usually does fuck up matches sometimes, <laughs> or. Or if it just, or if they don't have chemistry in general, I, I don't know. This why so, I just want to know why Moxley always has to have a fucking hardcore match. I because <laughs> I guess CZW or something, and he has to be like this hardcore. He, he's trying to be a Mick Foley. Mick Foley didn't always have hardcore matches. I guess either that is <laughs> being Terry Funk. Terry Funk didn't either. It wasn't until, like, way later when, when he was old. I don't know. Which is, like, weird. That's, like, the opposite, you would think. But, you know what? I would... I didn't... <laughs> I found this for free, by the way. I didn't, I didn't pay the $60, but if I if I had well, to, I would have paid for it. Would you have been satisfied with it if you paid for it? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Could have bought a video game. <laughs> you could have. What the fuck is there to buy, though? Um, Miles Morales or uh, I know you hate Call of Duty, but Cold War. Eh, I mean, no, that's fine. You buy what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, that was my thing with news. And oh, we talked about this on Big Trouble, but AEW has a YouTube channel called AEW Games. They have two mobile games and one console game that they're trying to make a No Mercy type of wrestling game for AEW. So. Yeah. What about you? Any news for you? Um. Yeah, two things. Uh, I was going to watch uh, Ilya Dragunov and Valter on NXT UK, but I didn't get to it this week. So I promised to talk about that next week or next episode. Ne next episode. Yeah. Um. Well, if we're taking a break, actually, on Thanksgiving week, maybe we should do one next week. <laughs> Um, because then there would be a two week a two week gap where we didn't do it. We'll think about it. We'll, we'll think about it. it. We'll fi we'll figure this out off air. Yes. But anyway, uh, I'll I'll get to it next time we do a show whenever that's gonna be. Mm -hmm. But um, this is like not really new news. It, some of it is, and some of it's not. So, at Halloween Havoc. Johnny Gargano beat fucking Damian Priest for the North American title. And on the face of it, that kind of bothers me a little bit. <laughs> because, look, I like, I like Johnny Gargano. I think he's pretty good. But his fucking heel stick is terrible. I hate it. Mm -hmm. It's not good. They always do these weird fucking promos, him and his wife, at, at their house where they like, it's like a camera is in their house and they're eating dinner or something. Or they're doing some kind of mundane fucking everyday husband and wife thing. And they're talking about their day or something. And then all of a sudden the, the camera goes, it goes black and white. It goes monochrome. And it's like right here. He, they're like, I'm going to whip his ass. 
and he's going to feel the pain, and then I'm going to get the title. Like, he, he's dead serious. And then it just goes back to them talking. What's I, I, I actually caught a promo uh, when they were doing Halloween Havoc, and, like, Johnny Gargano was, like, complaining about a wheel. He hates wheels. He hates wheels? Or some fuck. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? These goddamn writers gave him this fucking material. It's stupid. <laughs> but, um... He beat Damian Priest but because of some bullshit or whatever, and I think that's dumb because Damian Priest is, like, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, like, three of him. So it's, it just should not happen. But, um... Anyhow, on the NXT episode this week, this guy named Leon Ruff beat Johnny Gargano and got the North American title off of him. Nice. He couldn't even hold it for, like, two weeks, and he got beat by some, like, fucking goober. I guess and I'm were... like, so you let him beat Damian Priest and then let this guy get beat by some fucking jobber. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe they were protecting Priest by having Johnny Gargano win it and then lose it to that chump. Because imagine if he lost. Imagine if Priest lost to that chump and then lost the title. Wouldn't that make him look bad? I get if you mean Gargano, like beat him and then. Or... Wait, hang on. I don't know. I'm not really following your logic on that one. So Damian Priest lost to Johnny Gargano, right? So he That's has right. the, he has a belt, and then he lost it to that jobber, correct? Johnny Gargano lost to Leon Ruff. Yes. So if Leon Ruff won it off of Priest, wouldn't that bring Priest down? So wasn't it good that Johnny Gargano won it? I don't. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they would have ever even entertained the idea of Leon Ruff being Priest because he's like. He's a brand new talent on their program. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think that would have ever happened. But um, plus, he's babyface. Yeah. So, Priest is babyface. So, I don't see that. I just don't understand their logic with Gargano. And then, like, this dumb people are hot potato and titles again. Cody just got back that damn TNT title and he just fucking dropped it again within yeah. like a month. Is he going to go away again for like another month or two and then come back with his hair black again that he beats Darby Allen's ass? Is that going to happen? <laughs> what was the point of that, by the way? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, okay, so I think uh, he was doing some other TV projects for a bit and they didn't want his hair to be blonde. They wanted his hair to be the natural fucking color it is, which is like brown. Oh. Uh. And, uh, so he, I guess, stripped the dye from his fucking hair and was, you know, oh natural for a while. And then he came back like that to show I'm mad. I'm like Super Saiyan God Cody Rhodes. <laughs> when I, I saw that, when, I, when, when I saw that, I was like, why? And then he went back to it, and I'm like, why? Because <laughs> he's done. He proved his point. He can't stay that way forever. His heart will stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just that bothered me. I don't know why. It's just, I just thought that was stupid. Yeah. Other than that, is there any other news? No. All right. Let's get into some WCW Saturday night, February thirteenth of nineteen ninety three. So, if I have it right, uh, it started off. Was it the uh, <laughs> Barry? I almost called him Billy again. Barry Windham and Paul Orndorff. Was that the... Billy Windham. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that promo was in the beginning when uh, Orndorff was going crazy, right? 
<laughs> I wrote that down. Yeah. It's like, so it's like, first, I like Larry Zabisco's tie. He has a Three Stooges tie on <laughs> in this episode. I was like, okay, that's pretty sick, man. He's got the best ties. I think he had a Silver Surfer tie like the other episode. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Larry Zabisco is awesome. Anyway. He is. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Tony is in the back trying to interview Paul Orndorff and Barry Windham about Dustin and his mystery partner they're going to face tonight. But Paul is just so mad that he just starts ranting. And I don't even understand what the fuck he was trying to say. But I understood that he was like mad. And then it was over. Barry couldn't say anything. He was just like, yeah, you tell him or some shit. And they started shaking Tony. Like, yeah, they started picking on him. It was great. I loved it. What if they super kicked him together? <sighs> no. <laughs> Is it? By the way, I, I like that this, the Young Bucks super kicked Tony. And then Tony was like, I'm not even mad about it. Like the next week. <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> Goes back to full gear, like he was happy that the Young Bucks beat the FTR. I don't care that they super kicked me. It's fine. Remember when JR, remember when everybody used to beat up JR, like uh-huh. in the late 90s, like the early 2000s? Remember how fucking pissed he would get when he'd be on commentary when he's like, That Hunter Ernst Helmsley, that son of a bitch, whip his ass! Get him! <laughs> yep, that's what they should be doing, but I, I rest my case. Um, Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas faces against Fred Avery and John Cruz. Joe Cruz. Okay, I don't know why I have John. Whatever, he's he's a fucking jobber. (laughs) (laughs) I try to honor the jobbers by remembering their names, but yeah, squash match. It was really really quick. Yeah. Okay. So like Joe Cruz just looked like you know average wrestler basically. Mm-hmm. But Joe Avery looked like fucking shit. He looked like an egg with legs. And he <laughs> sucked. He, dude, he was seriously, he was egg shaped and he had like little skinny legs and like fucking arms. And just like. <laughs> there was literally like arm drags, arm drags, and then Steamboat just like won. <laughs> Steam, Steamboat did a lot of the work. And then like he tagged Shane in because there's, Shane's supposed to be injured because they showed this clip. Uh, at the Omni show or whatever, where like, uh, I think it was Pillman clipped his knee from behind and he fucked his knee up. Mm-hmm. And there's so it was like, Oh, Shane's injured. So, but, um, there was this part where Shane no sold an eye rake. And I just had to point that out. <laughs> his, his, it bothered me. It's like, he got raked in the eyes and then he just did not react to it. I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe gets tagged in, Steamboat power slams him and hits his crossbody for the win. But Shane went over there to try to give him this weak ass push and horn in on Steamboat's glory, and I thought that was fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really you his little you push his ass a little bit and that helps him. <sighs> it this this match, I was like I was like, yeah, Steamboat, and then like Shane Douglas came out, I was like, oh. God damn it. I gotta watch this guy. You know, you know what's going to happen later, though, right? What? It, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Shane Douglas is going to be in WCW too much longer around this time. Uh-huh. He might have a few months left. And I think he goes to East, ECW for a bit when it's called Eastern Championship Wrestling, not Extreme. 
<laughs> and um, they, so if we're going to watch that stuff, we're going to have to watch Shane Douglas on there. Yeah. And then he's going to go to WWF as Dean Douglas. And it's going to be like, oh. Uh... <laughs> well, I heard his ECW is better than WCW. I heard that too. So like, we'll see. But as it is right now, he's okay fucking in the ring, I guess. But I hate his personality and shit. I don't know. Yeah. So squash match. There's no review. Uh, no review score for that one, right? No, because it literally lasted like a minute and a half or two minutes. Yep. So then we turn to Tony interviewing Dusty Rhodes and no, some... Dustin. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes. Dusty. <laughs> Holy shit! If Dusty was there. <laughs> uh, and then some mystery partner in like this Native American blanket. It looked to me like he was wearing a poncho, like he was totally covered in like a poncho and he was he had a little hole cut out in it mm-hmm. so he could smoke a cigar <laughs> and i was like okay <laughs> that's weird yeah and uh you know i'm kind of like fast forward to the part but like larry zabisco was like look at the boots it's dusty yeah he like, had like the old cowboy boots yeah dusty uh, lost a lot of weight yeah that's what i thought too uh, Dustin gives, you know, we're going to beat you. Just like your typical Dustin Rhodes promo. It was, it was a standard promo for Dustin. It wasn't like he, a real, I'm fired up. I'm going to get revenge shit. He was just like, me and my partner, we're going to we're gonna beat you, Billy Windham and Paul Orndorff. <laughs> and that was the end of an interview. And I was just like, who is this guy? He's kind of tall. He looked kind of tall. He looks like somebody that I know. Um, But we'll hold off on that. Yeah. So what did you think of WCW up close for this one? It was just a recap of the Smoky Mountain angle from last week. And that thing was great. So it was like, yeah, recap that. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed Cordette was like, I I didn't catch that shit where he hit the referee last week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, he hit the ref too. Okay. Oh, that was fun. That was I had fun watching it again. Yeah, me too. And it was it was quite long, too. Yeah. They Smoky Mountain pretty much took over WCW Saturday night for like over half an hour. <laughs> That's cool. All right, what's the next match? Vader versus Rick Thames. This, match- this is great. This is a, this is a good squash. It's a Vader squash. Mm-hmm. But it has one of my favorite power bombs he's ever delivered in it. Yeah, that, that power bomb was sick. Rick Thames sold his ass off for Vader, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like the match starts, and Vader just punches him in the face, gets him up for a Samoa drop, and he's oh, uh, like, he's like fucking getting electrocuted. <laughs> and then Vader, he Vader bombs him. And then he picks him up and power bombs him. And when he hits the ground, he fucking convulses and shit like he's having a seizure. <laughs> and Vader just pits him. So, oh my god! I actually looked this up, by the way, because I always look at the card and, and see how they uh, score everything. Yeah. So Vader got the win by pinfall, and then when uh, Harley Race came out and put paint on uh, his face. Uh, and started whipping him. Apparently, Vader hit the referee, and he switched the 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 uh, calling. So yeah. 
Rick Thames won by DQ in that match. Rick, Th- Rick Thames has a victory over Big Van Vader. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> though he got annihilated. <laughs> Fun. Um, again, another squash match, so I can't review that one. Nope. And so, then... that promo with stunning Steve Austin and flying Brian. Uh, so they kind of recapped that. Um, who was it again? The um, Marcus it? Alexander Bagwell. Yeah, he kind of showed off uh, flying Brian. So he had like stunning Steve Austin face him. Like yeah, he beat he beat Brian with a roll up, and it was hilarious because Brian was like, "I didn't think he'd have to resort to such underhanded tactics." And it's funny because Brian's a fucking heel, and he does that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead of him like facing him again and like showing him, he's like, "My buddy here, st- uh, stunning Steve Austin's gonna face stunning him. Steve's gonna show him what's up. He said he could beat him in ten minutes." Just... And then Steve Austin does his typical promo thing. Um, he does a pretty solid promo. Like, a... He doesn't have the, the fucking the f- weird pissed off charisma as Stone Cold yet because he's just not that yet. Mm-hmm. But he's got something to him right now. He's got t- swagger and confidence. Yeah, he does. That, that re- he really comes off that way right yeah. now. He's kind of more of a prick than being a asshole prick that he becomes in WWF. Yeah. Uh, so we get into the match and we have uh, Brian Pillman on fucking commentary. And that's fucking gold throughout the whole fucking match. <laughs> he, he's, he kind of restrains himself some for a while. Mm-hmm. But then he starts kind of getting into it more. And then he, like with, he's like, he, he's rolling out. What the hell is this deal? <laughs> get back in there. What a coward. And then JR is like, well, the tactics of the match. He's like, I don't care. It's, it's cowardly. <laughs> so I, I have to say this was a decent match. Um, I really like every time I, I, I can't, I got to keep on looking at his fucking name. Marcus Alexander yeah, Bagwell. Marcus Alexander Bagwell. You can uh, just call him Buff Bagwell if you want, because that's what he turns into. But I'm going to call him by his full name, his <laughs> Christian name, Marcus <laughs> Alexander Bagwell. Yeah, like he he kept up with uh, Steve Austin, and man, every time he got out, I was like, oh, this is I like I, the storytelling of the match. I really loved uh, because one, you had Brian Pelman screaming his head off, being like. That's unfair. That's unfair what he's doing, but he does the same exact thing. So it's kind of <laughs> ironic. They um, both cheat, yeah. And then when Marcus Alexander Bagwell it wins, pretty much, like, I, I, I love the whole, like, <laughs> Steve Austin and Brian Pillman just fucking losing their mind in the ring. <laughs> what do you think of the match? Uh, I have mixed feelings on this match, actually. Oh, really? Because to me, it's it it has problems. It it problems arise in booking logic here, in my opinion. Okay. So this is it. So, I mean, other than that, it was solidly executed. You could tell Austin was kind of controlling the match, mm-hmm. and stuff, and he did a good job. Um, but I kind of zoned out for a while because I was thinking about like what they were doing here. And then when, when Austin finally did lose by time limit, the time ran out. Yeah. 
So, like, he lost by default. I was like, okay, so, like, over the course of this whole match, you got, like, a heel going against, like, a baby face, like a rookie baby face. And it's true that they bring this up and they try to justify it. He continually rolls out of the ring to get a break, but that is a heel tactic traditionally. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they do that three times with him. And then, like, the heel is in the ring telling him to get back in the ring. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that, especially with the kind of heel Austin is right now. Um, And then finally, this is my biggest bone of contention here. The number one contenders to the tag team titles both lost to one guy in singles matches. Yeah. And one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit, so you know the part where it's like down to the final minute and uh, Austin's hitting him with literally everything? Um, yeah. So he does this one move where he Irish whips him into ropes and he does like a tornado uh, clothesline. Yeah, like he it, does like a, yeah. Like it, it looks so deadly, like that should have knocked him out, but then he kicks out. Austin hit him with like several big moves. Yeah, he hit that discus clothesline. He did like a fucking gut wrench suplex, mm-hmm. a fucking regular suplex, one of those big ass stall back suplexes. I guess they were trying to push him to make him look strong, I guess. I guess. And like, I don't know. I just have weird feelings about it because of the, what they've done is like they set these guys up to be like, these are the hot shot heel tag team it's gonna dethrone fucking steamboat and shane douglas and he gets beat both of them get beat by like a rookie guy in singles matches mm-hmm. i don't know um weird i gave it 5.75 out of 10 i gave it 6.9 out of 10 because I, I i have more issues with the booking rather than like the fucking the what they did in the match together that was fine yeah Nobody did anything bad in that match. They just executed what was a bad idea, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. So, did you see the Super Brawl three promo from Eric yeah, Bischoff with, with Eric Bischoff, Uncle Eric? Yes. Uh, I'm excited about the card. The card just keeps sounding better, and plus, <laughs> Uncle Eric was there to tell us about it. Yeah. He was so excited and jubilant and full of life and young mm-hmm. <laughs> before he got corrupted by the New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> and Davy Boy Smith is coming. Yeah. I mean, I knew that was coming for a little while, but like, I'm, I'm excited to see Davy Boy again. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, they announced more matches. They announced Scorpio, uh, Too Cold Scorpio against Benoit, which should be good. My uncle. Yeah, your uncle's going to fight too cold. <laughs> Maybe they'll shoot some b-ball later. Uh, fucking... Fuck, <laughs> fuck right Eric. after this match and me talking about the weird booking, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and your favorite WCW wrestler, Eric Watts, is going, <laughs> is going to face off against Pillman and Austin. I guarantee you. They're both going over, and that's going to be stupid. If, if that's... Eric Watts puts one of those motherfuckers in the STF makes him tap out, I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> I think that's the only match I'm kind of pissed off about. I'm kind of pissed off about it, too. I'm like, Pillman and Austin better beat them. If they, they don't beat them, that's fucking stupid. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and then that was kind of it. Like, he was just kind of reiterating some of the other matches. 
they showed really quick promos back to back of Sting and Vader. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of reiterating on stuff that they already said. So it's just further hype a little bit for their match. And then we get that Sting and Vader promo where Vader's like doing the leather thing. <laughs> yeah. Stinger. Reality. <laughs> the game becomes reality. <laughs> uh, so then we finally have the tag team match with uh, Dustin Rhodes and Mystery Partner versus Paul Orndorff and Barry Windham. Not Billy. Not Billy. <laughs> okay, so like, I thought it was really funny Like at first that they're like, that's got to be Dusty. Look at his boots. It's the American dream. I'm like, what? He's so small. Like, <laughs> that's not, that is not Dusty Rhodes. It's like they really wanted it to be Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. But it was not. So it was cactus. Yeah. So right after I saw the super brawl promo and I'm like, Oh, cactus versus Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff's in this match. I already know who it is. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking Mick Foley. Yeah, <laughs> Cactus Jack, and he comes out, and they're just having a brawl. Um, yeah, they, they just start hitting each other. I wrote, "Is Dustin Rhodes wearing his Hulk Hogan getup?" Because it was all yellow. He's worn that before. Oh, he has. I think so. Yeah. I just, I just kept on, <laughs> I kept on going, brother, 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 brother. Every time he's, he's the Hulk Hogan of WCW right now. Mm-hmm. Before Hulk Hogan shows up, oh god! But he's not as obnoxious, and he doesn't beat everybody as much. Not yet. Not. Yet. I don't think he ever gets to that point. <laughs> um. So, what do you think of this match? Um, I liked it. It was a fun tag match, especially because of everybody who was involved. Um, I got a couple notes here about some of the shit they do, but like, I, you know, honestly, like. It's just me complimenting Orndorff on his selling and shit and his mm-hmm. work some more. He that, did some funny sells in this match, though. That's what I wrote down. I was like, man, I love Paul Orndorff fucking selling so much. It's yeah. it's weird because he's not really overselling. It's like this weird kind of like somebody would Cornette would probably call it like heel style selling, mm-hmm. like like old school style selling heels used to do way back in the day. Yeah. Where they just get hit by something, get up, and just fall backwards, which is like something that he usually does. It's just funny. So I want to bring up Paul Orndorff on how he fucking, like, when he puts opponents in the corner, especially Mick Foley or Cactus Dash, bang, bang. Um, so Cactus is just laying there, right? And Paul yeah. Orndorff, he fucking winds up for that clothesline into the corner. And I'm like, oh, it's so fucking, it looks so good. It hurts so good. I bet you McFoley's like, just fucking lay into me, brother. Just fucking put all into it. Mr. Wonderful was like, okay, brother. I'll lay it in. So he yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, everything he does looks great. Um, and it's selling great. Like, there's this part where, like, I think Paul fucking Irish whips him. They do a crisscross thing, and then Paul drops down. Mm-hmm. To, he drops down and slides in front of Cactus when he's about to come off the ropes like he's going to trip him. Yeah, but Cactus just hits him with a leg drop, and then Paul gets up and he falls backwards. He actually gets he actually gets him later on though. Um, he does so like <laughs> Paul. He, at first, I thought he was selling again because like Cactus like punched him, but he like he got punched and then he like fell down 
and then Paul Orndorff just trips him with his legs, like scissor locks his legs and takes yeah, him he down. Yeah, uh, he does a drop toe hold there. Yeah. Dustin, Man, remember, remember drop toe holds? Yep. <laughs> um, one thing, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this because I get that he's trying to be like his dad, but he does the whole, I'm going to grab two guys and headbutt them. And even though that headbutt was lame because their heads didn't touch at all when that happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't dig that, but fucking Dustin's drop kick is fucking good. Dude, his fucking clotheslines he was throwing. Mm-hmm. He's got this he has a really interesting clothesline. It's it's not really like a leaping clothesline. It sort of is, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And he was hitting them, man. He was laying them in this match. They looked good. <laughs> I, I also wrote down uh so Dustin does a uh bulldog. And because Orndorff and Cactus are like out of the ring fighting. And yeah, they're brawling. They just start fucking going almost to the back. Yeah. So Dustin's going for a pin. And then out of nowhere, you just see Paul Orndorff just fucking dive and like elbow to break up the count. He jumps over them, but he hits him in the back of the head somehow. I, I love that. That was great. Yeah, that was so close, too. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there's a spot right before they start going to the back to brawl um, where I think oh, Barry just fucking hits like one of those massive back suplexes on him. Mm-hmm. And then he picks Cactus up and he does that punch. You know, when he fucking sets him up for that punch, you just hear it when he hits him. Yeah. I love that. He just goes like, like that. And he just goes down. And then... um. Cactus rolls out and he's like, oh, fuck. And then Orndorf just leaps off the fucking apron and bulldogs him on the fucking floor. (laughs) He's like beating the shit out of Cactus. And he does like that demented selling shit that Mick Foley's good at when he just gets beat up so much. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like it doesn't really hurt him. Um, Jeez. Uh, I wrote that Barry hits like this massive fucking drop kick in this match too. Mm-hmm. Like he just comes in, kind of casually walks up. I think it was Dustin, and he just goes, he just leaps in the fucking air and hits him. I was like, damn, I didn't expect that. All all four competitors were their chemistry was really good. Like yeah. every time somebody was in the ring, it wasn't like a low point. Everything was on on point with each other. Uh, because usually when I see tag teams, I go. All right, either one of them are going to carry or <laughs> they're all going to be shit. Uh, and they were all carrying each other really well. Oh, no. Like, you know, all four of these guys are great workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in different ways, too. Like, honestly, like Paul, I would call him more like a traditional, just really kind of old school style worker. Mm-hmm. But he can kind of do some of that dirty shit. That's more, but that's starting to become more modern around that time. Like fucking bulldogging a guy off the apron into the floor, <laughs> and then like Barry's just a—he's great. I don't know. Like, I really like him. I'm—I could see like why so many people talk so much. They had so much good things to say about him for so long. Yeah, because he's great. He—he he, he puts work into the business. He does. Yeah, D- Dusty or Dusty. You got me doing it now. Dustin <laughs> is just great babyface. Yep. And he, he he's got some of the shit his dad would do, but he's like just a smaller guy. And Cactus is just totally different altogether. So what do you think about the shovel part? 
I fucking love that. Like, <laughs> like, because Paul came back to save the match, and then they were double teaming Dustin after that. They were just kicking the shit out of him. And then Cactus runs in with a fucking snow shovel, <laughs> and he just he hit somebody. I can't remember who he hit, but he got the DQ. They lost because of that. But Cactus saved Dustin. And started, and like, licking the shovel. He, he, he kissed the shovel very lovingly. Mm-hmm. And then and, and talked to it. It was great. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly how Cactus would end a match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave this an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Would you you liked get... it a lot more than I did. Yeah. Probably I... the best match of the night, in my opinion. All, by and far between both these shows, yes, it is. But like, I gave it a 6.75 out of 10 because, it, to me, it was like just when it was starting to get cooking... They cut it off. And I'm not mad that they cut it off with a DQ. I'm not one of those people that gets fucking mad about that shit. Only if it's executed stupid. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't. Because like I said, I feel like this is how Cactus would end a match. He try- he was trying to save his partner. What do you think Cactus would do to save his partner? And not even that. <laughs> what is the one thing that old old wrestling, uh, you know, their logic is? Never let... You know, like matches that were supposed to be in pay per view, don't do it for free. No, so, yeah, th- this was a pay per view level match, and then mm-hmm. but they just kind of gave you a free version of it, sort of. It was like a it's a preview of what Cactus Jack is going to do with Paul. So yep. that's that's why I kind of liked it because you don't need to see who's going to win or lose. Just fucking do a DQ, and that, it's great that they, they had Cactus do it because if Dustin did that, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. if maybe if Paul did it, I mean, I could see that because he just really wants to kill Cactus. He's really mad. He gets mm. very angry. <laughs> okay, Frank I'm gonna take Bruce. this this over real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it goes back to like Jr. standing there with fucking Wrecking Crew in their promo, and, and Fury's doing his promo. He's yelling. And he's laughing. And they want Steamboat Douglas. And then JR says they'll face Z-Man and Johnny Gunn shortly. And I think there was like, I think that was a moment where you could tell where they tape a bunch of these at once. Mm -hmm. Because to me, he kind of made it sound like they were going to face them right now. Yeah. And then that's not what happened. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, this must be like a multi-taping show or something. Okay. <laughs> but then Rage tries to cut a promo, and then oh it's very God. brief again. It's very brief. I, 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 like you coming from Fury, and like he's doing okay because he's a typical '80s and '90s wrestler that yells. And then you go to this guy, and he's just like, I don't know, a guy from Best Buy trying to sell you a fucking computer or something. Rage does not sound very angry. Rage sounds like a mild mannered middle-aged man (laughs) (laughs) oh if you want to buy an apple macbook uh you could do it this way like that's how he was talking and i was like yeah it sounds like a retail associate (laughs) but uh i was not hyped for the the supposed johnny gunman versus and the z-man versus wrecking crew at all after that promo did you call him johnny gunman yeah yeah, I was like, my first thought when I found out they're having that match again, I'm like, they had that match a month ago at Clash, and they beat them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Like, so they're going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. So Brian Pillman and stunning Steve Austin are number one contenders for the tag champions, right? The unified tag champions. And yeah, that's right. And Wrecking Crew is undefeated. Yeah. Why aren't they number one contender? Are they just doing you have to win the matches to become a number one contender? I think back in those days, you had to win a lot of matches. Probably against quality opponents, too, because so far they've done nothing but kill jobbers. Mm-hmm. Outside of beat Z-Man and Johnny Gunn. And I guess we'll see what they'll do with Rock and Roll Express soon. Yeah, and then they're not beating Rock and Roll Express. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Unless there's like a... They, there's a weird fuck finish, like Cornette comes out and fucks him over and causes him to lose. That's the oh, only that's, way I can see it happen. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's oh, what yeah. they're building. It's possible. I can see that. But anyway, it's it's Z-Man and J-Gun against Ali Pasha and the dreaded Bob Cook. <laughs> Bob Cook shows up again. Every time I kept this, I was like, is that Bob Cook? Yeah, it's Bob Cook. <laughs> you, know, you know Bob Cook now. He just he's, he looks so ordinary. He's just like kind of a fat wrestler, but he's like, he's got the mullet. And then you, what you know him for is his bombs. <laughs> he throws bombs. <laughs> I, I Bob, Bob Cook should have been a boxer. Yeah, I just can't get into a Johnny Gunn and Z-Man match at all like they're so boring as a tag team what are you talking about they're two young guys they're in shape they come out to a cover of zz top's legs they wear fluorescent trunks can't z-man it smokes weed all the time and he does karate kicks no i can't <laughs> it's so, it's it's so boring like bob the only good thing about this match was bob cook and his punches <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> because I was like, oh, great. I know who's winning this match already since Bob Cook is a jobber, but fucking Bob Cook can throw a punch. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you only need to watch Bob Cook to learn how to throw punches. <laughs> Nobody punches anymore. You just throw forearms. Yep. Or so just... I got the play by play here. Okay. Z-Man and Bob start. Z-Man hits some good offense. You know, he does the arm drag. He does a drop kick. He does, like, that athletic baby face offense shit for a bit. Yeah. And then Bob throws bombs. <laughs> he just starts punching him. Just like the wham, wham. <laughs> he hits him, like, three or four times. <laughs> I like that they fucking sell his budges. I fucking love that. Um. Z-Man recovers after Bob misses an elbow. He tags in J-Gun. And then Ali gets tagged in. And then he does nothing. He just eats a bunch of fucking offense. (laughs) (laughs) He gets double drop kick. And then Z-Man knocks Bob off the apron. And I think that was supposed to be the finish. But there was like this weird pause where the ref was like way out of position. Mm -hmm. Like it would have taken way too long. Like that guy would have kicked out of that move. Even if he is a jobber, it just took too long. So they picked him back up. And then Z-Man does a karate kick to, to Ali. Mm-hmm. And then J-Gun hits a Thez press and beats him. And that's that was the other thing I wanted to say. is like, somebody beat someone with a Thez press in 1993. Yep. 
squashed. Other than that, it was a squash. I uh, I I wrote <laughs> when uh, they were do they were just fucking beating the shit out of Ali. I was like, they're protecting Bob Cook. That's why, like, when he got pu- pushed off the apron, they had they, they had are. a they, they, were, they had a feed to Ali. They were they were protecting the integrity of Bob Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much else to say about that. No, yeah, I, I gave it a no score. Uh, and I don't know if this is a if this is a normal thing in the '90s. Well, is like all these squash matches like a thing? Because like yeah. We, we got a lot yeah. of episodes where there was a lot of squash matches. Yeah, a lot of squash matches used to be a more common practice around this time. Even like back in the eighties, it was kind of mm-hmm. uh, for these two companies. But um, I thought this show was kind of flat, and it had some weird booking in it. Yeah, like the only highlights to me was the Vader squash and the the tag team match. The semi. And here's another thing: fucking Z Man and Johnny Gunn was the main event of this show. Why, why wasn't Barry and Cactus and fucking Dustin and them like the main event? It should have been. I I wrote, for my final thoughts, I wrote, um, this felt like literally the fluff show before they had the go-home show. Um, yeah, it's like the, we're running out of steam. We just need to do an easy taping here. Because <laughs> the, prom- the promos, even though, like, uh, Orndorff and... Uh, I said Billy again. Uh, Barry Windham, um, like theirs was kind of quick, and then they uh, did <laughs> the uh, you know Wrecking Crew. Like all the promos were just not great. Like no, I, they were not. I was not hype at all. Um, like I said, I liked the Brian Pillman and not Brian. Well, he was in it. That's the commentator. But Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Steve Austin. You had problems with it, but I liked it. Um, it wasn't and, a bad match, though. Yeah. And Barry Windham and Paul Orndorff versus Cactus Jack and Dustin Rhodes. Probably the match of the, the of the week compared to the next show that we're going to be talking about. By uh, a country mile. Yeah. Uh, so I give this a 6.75 out of 10. Oh, you give the episode that? Yeah. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Okay. I felt it was kind of weak compared to a lot of the other shows we've watched so far. Yeah. Um, Raw. <sighs> uncooked. Uncut. Uncensored. Dig it. One thing I want to get out of the way. Did they advertise this Battle Royale? And what is it for? Nothing. Yeah, later on they do do like there's a Vince is like there's a sixteen man battle royal, and Macho Man's like yeah, and then it's like why? Mm. <laughs> fucking tells why. And then I was like, what's it for? And they never say. So okay, so battle royals used to just sometimes happen, and there would be no reason for it. They just wanted to do one. Okay. That that's just something that changed over the course of the '90s, where they wanted to start attaching more stipulations and shit. This is for a number one contendership for the light heavyweight championship. Talk a bitch, Doku, and a bunch of fucking nobodies in a battle royal, like you know. The only thing I could think of is like maybe they're trying to show up the talent 
by having a battle royale. I was like, how can I show all these people in like a one hour time slot? Well, I guess we'll just put them in a battle royale, which is kind of good in a way. On a Monday night, yeah, I can see that. Some of that talent, eh. But honestly, a lot of the guys in the ring, they were either decent to really good, depending on who we're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, but we'll get to that. So, Vince McMahon, Rob Barlett, and Macho Man Randy Savage are uncommentating again. Yes. Fuck Rob Bartlett. Uh, hey, they, they, cur- they curtailed his influence in this episode. Yes. So I, th- I think they're learning. <laughs> so I want to bring that up when we get to the second match. Uh, but the first match, we have the Steiner Brothers versus Glenn Ruth and Bobby Who. And then Vince McMahon has to go, Who? I'm like, God damn it, Vince. Why you? <laughs> it's funny to him. I don't know. That, that was totally a Vince thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote Scott Steiner trying to kill people again because <laughs> all his fucking suplex and Frankensteiners that he was doing. Oh, I thought the dude was dead. Yeah, he did that one dragon suplex of fucking Glenn Ruth, and I thought. I thought he landed on the back of his fucking neck for sure. There was just like no, I saw almost no way it could have not been. Are they, are they portraying them as heels by the way? Because Scott Steiner came up and like started talking shit when he did that. No, 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 the the Steiner brothers were never portrayed as heel in WWF. I mean, they have that music. They have Mm. that happy marching band college music. And then they come (laughs) out there and just fucking destroy people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's not, there are no more authoritative squashes currently at this time besides Vader and Steiner Brothers matches. <laughs> this was another squash, by the way. Yeah, they just, the dudes just suplex these fucking guys and just beat the shit out of them. Rick does the same thing. Yeah. Rick gets in there and hits that stiff ass fucking clothesline and he tosses that fucking Bobby Who dude like a sack of shit. Mm hmm. <laughs> And then one, two, three, and it's over. And then throughout this match, Savage was having problems with his headset, and I think it's it was fake. Like it sounded fake because it's like if he's having problems with his headset, how come you can still hear him occasionally? It sounded I, like the shit they do with the phone. You know when they do the phone conversation? Yeah. Like they've been doing that every other episode. It sounded just like that. The only thing I could think of is maybe he was like screaming into Vince McMahon's microphone. I don't know if he's he uh, he is sitting he was sitting next to Vince he was on his uh, right yeah so yeah I can see that maybe. <laughs> um, there was no promo if I remember right. There was a there was a promo at the start of the show between Beefcake and DiBiase they were just real quick like fifteen second ones though. Oh, I didn't get to see that. You, oh, did you watch it by other means? Yeah, by other means. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, the start of the show, just Beefcake and DiBiase doing, like, back-to-back promos. Just 15-second, mm. like, quick ones. And then it's the intro, and then Savage gets me hyped for this show. And he, he, he points at the crowd, and they react wildly. And then Rob Bartlett says something really fucking lame and ruins everything. <laughs> like always. Like always. I was like, God damn it. He got me excited for this show. And then Rob Bartlett says some bullshit fucking 
phrase like he's just not funny and it's he's not excited to be there and he ruined it he never looks excited to be there like do you see like when every time when they do like in the beginning like they always stand in front of the camera before they sit at their desk and rob bartlett just looks like a fucking knob jockey like he he does and he's like i'm i guess i'm here i'm collecting a paycheck so whatever he tries to say some kind of joke about his suit like Vince does, and he just totally like doesn't have any fun with it at all. Mm-hmm. Like it, I feel like if that was Bobby Heenan standing there, he would have made it like fucking hilarious somehow. Yeah. And it, you would have remembered it, but like it's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, I guess. Um, Let's see. Mean Gene comes at us with a WrestleMania update. From the WrestleMania control room. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that WrestleMania. Boy, he he announces two more matches have been made. The infamous Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez match. Nope. And Crush and Doink. And then Mean Gene says this is going to be the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And I'm like, really? (laughs) After you announce Crush and Doink. Now, Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez, that's another story, because at that time, people were really into The Undertaker, and people looked kind of, like, freaked out and shit about Giant Gonzalez because he's this freakish, tall, giant guy. In a suit. In a suit. In a goofy-ass-looking suit, but he's kind of scary anyway to these people. Yeah. And But, like, you know, Brett and Yokozuna is not what it could have been because of shit that happens that we're going to fucking probably rant about for a while when it happens. Oh yeah. I just, I just, it's going to be a shitty WrestleMania because we like Yokozuna, right? Yeah. I like him. I I like Yokozuna and I, Bret Hart's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. So like on paper, that should be a pretty good match. Yes. But things happen. (laughs) Um, after speaking that, of speaking of Yokozuna, yes, he comes out and he's gonna face Ross Greenberg. You remembered uh, him, yes. Uh, and Rob Bartlett says something about his weight again. A full he's moon. Fat. Yeah. Did you know Yokozuna is really big? Yeah. <laughs> I I was I was pissed, and I think this is where Vince had a light bulb because remember macho man was having mic problems mm-hmm. so after the yokozuna match i think he probably told macho man to fuck with rob bartlett because there's a part I, I don't know if it's in this match or during the the battle royale but macho macho man goes up to rob bartlett and steals his microphone because there's a part where, like, you hear, you know, the microphone, like, shaking and shit. And Vince is like, you better give give him that uh, radio, Rob. I think it's I think it's at the end of this. Yeah. Because, like, Yoko squashes this fucking Ross, dude. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. He just does, like, you know, his fucking kick. And then he does that. Like, he did a couple of impressive moves. And then he just crushed the guy and beat him. Yeah. It was, it was, it, was a, it was a great match. It's, a, it's it's your typical Yokozuna match. Like if if it's not another uh, wrestler that's you know a, a high mid carder, then that person's dead. Like he's gonna get his ass on him 
uh, and crush his rib cage. He's gonna get his ass on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like after that match is over, you're give me that, give me that mic, and you're like a bunch of like this shit, <laughs> and then like Vince's like, you better give him that, pal. Like. <laughs> I, I think Vince finally uh, found out, like, this guy's bad. Like, he's not great. Because um, I think there was another time where Vince is like, are you going to give any input? And he's just, no. he's dead silent. So I wonder if this was a shoot in a way. Like I'm going re- to research this shit, like, after we're done, after we're done with this, him being on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to look into this because I've never heard of this guy and I probably watched some of these episodes when I was a kid, but like I was so small and I didn't know who the fuck Rob Bartlett was and I didn't have internet or anything. So like, fuck, I, who cares? Like, <laughs> Well, you know, Vince was into like bullying in a way back then. So I, I bet you like to the point where you're like, hey, we need to get this guy off our contract. So let's just fucking bully him. And I bet you he told Macho Man to fuck with him. <laughs> he, he, he might. He's crazy enough that he might. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, we... what were you gonna say? No, no, you go. Now we're at Lord Alfred Hayes' control room. Yes, I love it. I love Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> he just gives anything he's talking about. He makes it sound like legit somehow. Mm-hmm. And he, he he gives us a special report on, and shows us some fucking sweet ass posters in a WWF magazine from like 1993. I want. <laughs> and I was it. like. I was like, God damn it, I want that. Like, I want some of those posters now. <laughs> oh, they look 90s as hell. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he recaps Jim Duggan having a match with Yokozuna on, like, an episode of Superstars, where I guess it was a challenge to see if he could knock him off his feet. Yeah, and this confused me a little bit, because I get it, Hacksaw is kind of like a legend at this point, right? Correct. Hacksaw, I would I wouldn't call him a legend because in terms of his WWF career, I don't think he ever really did anything huge. But to me, he's like kind of a high I wouldn't really call him an upper mid carter. Mm-hmm. But he's like he's kind of a long standing mid carter that's been in WWF since like the mid eighties at this point. Yeah. So he's like a familiar face everybody's known for like years now. So they're pushing because Yoko won the Royal Rumble and he's going against Brett and he's looking mm-hmm. silly against Hacksaw. Well, he looked silly for a minute <laughs> and then he fixed that shit real fast. Yeah, I just I got a little annoyed by that because I know Hacksaw is kind of like another person that doesn't like to be shown up. Uh, He never likes to lose because America. Oh, and all that stuff. Well, he. I didn't take it that way, really, because it was like, okay, they're doing a knockdown thing. Hacksaw is a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he played football. He does that football tackle, brother. You see him do it every now and then. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I noticed Yoko because Yoko, like, he has to play off like he's from Japan, so he's like doing his like sumo thing. But he's some- doing the shit. The the you know. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes if you looked at him bending down, he was kind of doing like a what a football player would do, and I caught him like two times going. Oh shit! Let me just do the sumo thing. <laughs> Might have been fucking with him. I don't know. Yeah, I bet he played football at some point. Probably. <laughs> but, like yeah, Hacksaw runs into him a couple times, and he, he 
Yoko does that really exaggerated shit where he's about to fall down and it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the third time he fucking knocks him down, the place goes ape shit when that happens, though. Yeah, he got like, fucking yeah. pop. Because of the USA thing. Because then literally Hacksaw takes a fucking American flag and goes, USA, USA. <laughs> and King was on commentary on Superstars at this point. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on like the main show yet, but um, he said he better quit messing around or he's going to get Pearl Harbor. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I really do. It's King though. It's like early 90s King. He would totally say something like that. Yep. But Yoko gets fucking mad and he crushes Duggan. He bonsai drops him and then he grabs his American flag and puts it on him like he's going to bury his ass in it. Mm-hmm. And he bonsai drops him again. And then when they finally get the flag off, he's just dead. They get the flag off of him, and you see, like, his fucking mouth is covered in blood. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Don't fuck with Yoko, man. That was cool. Like, honestly, I kind of liked that, because everybody was, like, real quiet, and they were like, oh, my God, is he dead? Because he just stopped moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? America's dead. He couldn't even do the thumbs up thing, like, when he was getting carted off. You know, <laughs> he couldn't do that. He was he was just fucking gone. Yoko killed America. <laughs> And then Mr. Fuji does like a real quick promo talking about how Hacksaw sucks and Yoko is the best. And then Yoko says it's Banzai. 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 You know, at the end of all his matches, when the camera's looking at him after he does Banzai drop, you notice he's saying shit in Samoan to the camera. Yep. <laughs> like, like Yoko's in from Japan. He's like, he says, Oh, but not Samoa. I'm like, no, that's not Japanese, but. Who <laughs> fuck? I guess who noticed back then, really? Yep. We weren't cultured that much. No, back- we didn't have it's like we didn't have goddamn internet, and we could see Japanese people talk or anything. Is you know. <laughs> I think Japanese loved it of Yoko representing Japan, even though he's not from Japan. I don't know. You know. You know. It's it's funny because people say that now they're like. Oh, if Yokozuna is fucking Samoan, but like you know what though, actually, if you just kind of like, you, you can pass him off as Japanese. Yeah, he kind of looks Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then like that was the same thing for um, but fuck, we watched You Only Live Twice, and High Chief Peter Maivia was a Japanese guy who fought Sean Connery. Yep. I guess. <laughs> I guess because they were somehow close to Japan, because it's in Hawaii, and they're just like fuck it. Pacific Islander, you know, like they're they're all descended from out that way. It's just over time they, they end up looking a little different. Mm-hmm. I want to say Mr. Fuji is probably one of my top ten managers. Everybody loves Mr. Fuji. Yeah, uh, he he's a delightful uh, heel manager. You remember when um, Miz and Morrison used to like do this thing? You remember when they had that show on a. Uh, WWE online or whatever on the website before they really adopted YouTube and everything. Not yet. No, I don't know what you're talking about though. They had this show. I I think it was called the dirt sheet. Okay. I heard of it. Yeah. They used to do this thing where like, they'd be like Mr. Fuji. And then they would like throw salt in somebody's face (laughs) in the back. And they'd be like, Oh fuck. (laughs) I don't know. The dirt sheet was kind of entertaining back then because of Mm. stuff like that. My friend actually has a bag, uh, one of uh, Mr. Fuji bags of salt because he dropped it at one of the house shows in the 90s. 
and he just picked it up and put it in his pocket. So he has a a, a Mr. Fuji bag of salt. That's so, fucking awesome. As, <laughs> I was like, that's that's a good memorabilia to have. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, all all that fucking rambling. Um, they show us another recap of Giant Gonzalez killing a jobber on Superstars. Yeah. Now, originally, it was going to be three jobbers, but they're all too scared. <laughs> so then he grabs Louis Spicoli, that's his name, and drags him into the ring, and he chokes him for a mm-hmm. while. And I was like, is he going to choke slam him? Because it took, like, 30 seconds. Yep. And then he did choke slam him, and he choke slammed the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty damn good-looking choke slam, honestly. So who's the manager of Giant Gonzalez, by the way? Harvey Whippleman. And Harvey Whippleman is a guy who I would call him a mid-card manager. <laughs> like Harvey Whippleman never ma- managed anybody that went to main event before Giant Giant Gonzalez. I wouldn't even call him main event though. He was probably like a a semi-main, an upper mid-card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because um, Giant Gonzalez did not last long in WWF programming. Uh, it was only a few months. Uh, but he looked pretty good here in this little spot, you know? Like, he, he chokeslammed the fuck out of that guy. And then he, like, ran to try to grab the other guys, and he was faster than what I thought he would be. So I'm like, what the hell happened? How come that match sucked so much? Like, I'm, I'm so confused, because some of the stuff I see him do right now doesn't look that bad. I think it's just the goofiness of his suit. The, uh, no, here's the thing. The match with Undertaker was like very, very, very slow. Mm. It's it is torture. It's torturous to watch. Maybe <laughs> it's he not got fun. Maybe he got uh scared of WrestleMania. <laughs> he got he got stage fright. He might I guess that might have been the most people he'd ever been in front of at that point, honestly. But like I, I can't see that. I, I think I remember hearing something. Like uh, his health was declining or some shit, but because like, he has gi- he has giantism and shit, uh, and uh, like this may be him declining in health right now, kind oh, of thing. Makes sense. Know? So like he looks all right here. Maybe in a month's time, he actually does get so bad that he moves slow. Well, maybe Mark Calloway will talk about it because he's been talking about everything. <laughs> Since he's... Hey, I've been waiting for him to talk about everything. So I'm like, if there's one guy I want to hear him talk about everything, it's him because he never did ever. You know? By the way, off topic, but did you hear that um, Undertaker wanted to put Randy Orton over in WrestleMania, but because Randy Orton fucked up on drugs, uh, that never happened? I did not know that. Yeah, I just heard about that on a wrestling podcast. Um, when he was doing his legend killer gimmick kind of thing, he wanted oh man, that would have that would have put him over huge. Mm-hmm. He makes... still got there anyway. Yeah, Brandy Orton's probably. Oh man, he's one of the last <laughs> legit stars they ever fucking made, and he's one of those generation superstars that he like. He's way better than his father. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I think so. You watch uh, the Bob. You watch the Bob Orton Jr. matches and get back with me. <laughs> mm. 
So we this this battle royale that means absolutely nothing. Sixteen man, by the way, it's really odd number. Uh, and I wrote down every wrestler that was in it. Um, okay, I didn't. <laughs> Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, uh, Kamala, uh, Iron Mike, Sharp, Bob Backlund, Kimchi, The Berserker, Tatanka, Owen Hart, Damian Demento, El Matador, Terry Taylor, Coco Beware, Typhoon, Skinner, and Giant Gonzalez. No, Giant Gonzalez was not in the Battle Royal. Yeah, he inserted himself there. But he was never in it. He was never an official competitor. Yeah, I know, but he still eliminated people for Razor. Okay, I thought you were just counting him among everybody. Yeah. Um... I... Did anything like stand out to you? Because usually when battle royales in the nineties, um, it's usually just a hug fest for a while until it's like cleared the ring. It kind of like was like that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, Savage is on his working headset now, and Rob Bartlett's gone, and it's it's like a lot better now. <laughs> yes, that's one thing I have to write about. Um, let's see. There wasn't anything that went on in this match for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Guys running around, walking over here, punch, headlocks, chokes, fucking, you know, shit like that. And then HBK backdrops Coco out of the fucking ring. And it looked like a nasty bop. I was like, oh shit. I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Berserker took a crazy fucking bump out by Kamala too. That was like kind of worrisome looking as well. Mm. Like he, like Kamala, I think super kicked him and Berserker did like a backflip out of the fucking ring and almost landed on his head. I just like that Kamala got eliminated by, no, no. Damien Demento got uh, eliminated by Kamala. I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck Damien Demento. Fuck him. Yeah. I'd rather watch Kamala a million times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Kimchi helps Typhoon dump Kamala out, and that's like when interesting shit started to actually happen. The field's clearing. A lot, of, a lot of people have been eliminated at this point. Mm-hmm. But this is where some some inter- entertainment starts happening. <laughs> like Kamala pulls the old get back in the ring and eliminate the guy that eliminated him thing. That, yeah, that, that, that Vince just fucking loves that for some reason, and overused it for many of years. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, even as far back as this this point, he's mm-hmm. used it. Um, and then he starts chasing Kim Chi through the crowd in the fucking arena, and then Macho Man says, "Put some mustard on him, Kamala." Yeah, because they go back into the concessions. <laughs> I was like, that was that fucking made me laugh out loud. That was great. I, I chuckled at that, too. Oh, my God. Uh, and then they come back, and there's still some guys in the ring fighting, but then they show a spotlight up in the balcony where Kamala is casing, uh, chasing Kim Chi. Uh, they're running away. <laughs> Luckily, though, they know when to when to stop because this is the last time you see them. So it's, it's over. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Doink doing stupid shit in that one episode and they wouldn't stop looking at him. <laughs> it's like, okay, you do that two or three times, but you got to stop after that, after that. Don't do it more anymore. They quit. So it, it remained kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Sean and Razor are bumping their asses off. <laughs> I got, Sean's I got... getting pushed by Typhoon and he's doing like flips. <laughs> so I got a question. Um, the Razor versus Shawn Michaels match hasn't happened yet, right? Correct? That's that's next year. Next that's year? That's WrestleMania 10, yeah. Because I thought they were going to build story from this somehow with Shawn and Razor. I thought that's what they were going to go with. No, as uh, far as I know, um, they haven't really done anything with each other because they've both been heels at this point. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I want to say that either later in this year or it's the build-up to that match and the result of it happening is what turns Razor babyface. Okay. I think that's when he turns because he's still a pretty good heel throughout this year. Every time I flip through the episodes, I see the shit where he's he's fighting one, two, three kid and he's got all the money and shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's when he does that awesome shit with fucking Sean Waltman. That stuff was good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, where was I? Final four. Uh, Final four. Uh, El Matador, Tatanka, Razor Maroon, Razor Maroon, Razor Ramon, Razor Maroon, <laughs> and Shawn Michaels are the final four. Um, yeah, Shawn and Razor team up. Yeah, and it—it's actually—I'm actually happy because Bob Backlund made it pretty far in this somehow again, uh, where he was yeah. like—he was like the fifth or sixth uh, last person in this uh, until you know these final four happened. Um, but I kind of knew this is where it was going because, you know, El Matador, which is, uh, what's his name again? Tito Santana. Tito Santana. That's a veteran right there. Razor Ramon. Fucking obviously HBK. And uh, Tatanka is over with the crowd. So you have to put like a big person that's over with the crowd in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love... Razor Ramon. I'm starting to appreciate Scott Hall now. He's he was a great worker, man. It's just a lot of people don't remember his earlier stuff anymore. A lot of people just kind of remember his NWO, WCW shit, and him, you know, being drunk and fucking off and everything. I got a question to you. Do you think okay. if he stayed with WWF, he would have been world champion? I don't know, um, because. I've heard allegedly that um, Scott Hall never really wanted to be a world champion. Oh, yeah, I think we talked about this. Like, he, he didn't like the pressure of it and shit and the, the idea of it. Some people were like that. That was like Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie was world champion, and it was like just burning him out, and he didn't he didn't like it. So, uh, so I, w- I want to – the reason I bring that up because the wrestling podcast that I was talking about – uh, before was my friend's podcast called CTV podcast. Uh, and they had, they, uh, they did a tournament where they, uh, their fans and themselves voted for the best wrestler in the world. Uh, and they were talking about Eddie Guerrero. Apparently WrestleMania 22, they were going to build Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I've that, heard about that actually. That match would have been insane, dude. Mm. Shout out to CTV, by the by the way. <laughs> it's another good one we got robbed of. Mm -hmm. Another one I like to think of a lot also is uh, Shawn Michaels and The Rock, and uh, they never crossed paths. And supposedly it was because Shawn did not like The Rock back then. They kind of both had the same like personality, I guess, right? Uh, no, I, no, not at that point. Sean was like at his the apex of his prickishness at that point. Oh yeah, okay. And he probably saw Rocky as a fucking threat because he was like this young guy who came in and had a lot of work ethic, mm -hmm. and a lot of the office liked him. And it was really early in his career at that point, but he probably just saw the the guy as a threat. Would you want to see Shawn Michaels, bald Shawn Michaels versus... Uh, bald, bald Dwayne? Yeah, face off in WrestleMania. Why not? I, I <laughs> just like you say we saw it. <laughs> yeah, Shawn, I think, could still go. Um, if he wanted to, yeah. Yeah, that, that match that he had with Undertaker and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction versus Shawn and Triple H in fucking Middle East was dumb. I don't think he even fucking prepared for it. I think it was like one of those things where it was like they probably came to him like real quick and didn't give him enough time to probably prepare for something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like Vince was like, hey, pal, do you want to make like five million dollars in one night or some bullshit like that? <laughs> and he was like, well, um, let me shave yeah, my head. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me go uh, shave my head and uh, <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you turn that much money down, I guess? Yeah. Um, but back to the, the Battle Royale. Um, yeah. So pretty much Shawn Michaels gets eliminated, uh, which leads to Tonga and uh, the Matador. Oh, I got to say, Shawn Michaels no-sold him getting eliminated, and that was like, he did it again. He did like a no-sell thing, and I thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... He was doing his shit where they kept throwing his head into the turnbuckle and he would flip out of it. And then they threw him into the turnbuckle and then he like landed on it sideways to where like somebody would run up and kick him and he'd fly off and, you know, nut, nut himself on the ropes or something. Oh, God. But usually that old trick he used to do. But instead, he just flew out of the ring. And he landed on his feet and just immediately started trying to grab fucking Tito's leg. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, soul getting thrown out of the ring. <laughs> That's Sean Mike. I, he's starting to transform into the prick that he's going to be soon. So I guess either that or he's just overdoing it. Like he just thinks like, cause at this point, a lot of accounts of him are, oh yeah, he was a good guy. I like, you know, he, he wants to work hard mm -hmm. at this point in his career. Um, Anyway, though, Giant Gonzalez comes out of nowhere and eliminates two people. And yes, he comes in and he fucking chops Tito, and then he throws fucking uh, Tatanka out, and then he throws Tito out, and then he's just like, ah, he just gets out. Mm -hmm. And then like it's like, where's Razor? Vince is like, where did Razor Ramon go? And then he just kind of like rolls back in the ring, and then he's like, eh, eh. And then they ring the bell, and he's like, the winner! Raise your mind. He's like, yeah, I fucking did it! <laughs> <laughs> Great. I fucking love that ending. I searched throughout the internet, and I'm like, was this for something? And then, like, obviously it was nothing. 
it was for nothing. It was just to have it. Mm-hmm. So it took a little while to get moving, uh, but it ended up being kind of entertaining at the end. Yeah, the, the last part when we started getting good wrestlers to be the final, um, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, I even enjoyed the Kamala uh, and Kimchi uh, little comedy thing that they had going on. Because yeah. it was it was quick quick and brief. That's it wasn't doink being a douche. It didn't overstay its welcome. <laughs> yeah. Main event time. Well, what'd you score the battle royal? Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, I'm out of it today. <laughs> uh, I gave this a five point seven five out of ten. I gave it five point five. It was it was it was all right. It ended up producing something that was fun to watch. Yeah. Oh my now, god! Main event. Main event time because we've been building it from apparently from the promo that I didn't see, uh, and obviously because of last week as well. We uh, built it from that really horrible promo. Yeah, Ted DiBiase <laughs> versus Brutus Beefcake. I thought they were going to have IRS fight him for some reason, uh, but I was I was pleasantly surprised that it was Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, okay, so. They do this thing where they try to lock up a couple times, but Bruce just fakes him out and then does the strut. Yep. He did it twice. I'm like, why doesn't he just clobber him? <laughs> he turns his back on him. Why doesn't Ted just fucking clothesline him or put him in the fucking million-dollar dream when his back's turned? Because he was trained by Hulk Hogan to be his <laughs> grandstanding and hot-dogging. I guess you got to do your grandstand and your hot-dogging. Yeah. I know you. <laughs> I, I know how you operate, man. <laughs> You bukester. Um <laughs> So I didn't because when he was grandstanding, and I I also pointed this out too. I said, why aren't the commentators saying anything? Like Macho Macho Man should have been like, you you're hot dogging or something like that. Well, it's like he's strutting again, huh? <laughs> like he thought it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. But um, Ted starts reminding me immediately why I like him so much. Like as this match actually really starts getting going, mm-hmm. like his movements are just great. Like he he Irish whips him, and then he like rears all the way back, like he's gonna throw this huge haymaker, and he fucking misses. <laughs> and then like he ducks under him, and then like I don't know, Brutus hits him, and then Ted like oversells the shit out of it, rolls out of the ring, and plants on the floor. Do you <laughs> do you like how he was using his forearm against Brutus? By the way. Because he wasn't punching him. He was just, like, slapping his arms, like, with force on Brutus. It was it, it was interesting. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was a little odd, I thought, but it wasn't bad. I, I never really caught him doing that before. Mm-hmm. But, um... It was before the oversell of getting knocked out of the ring. He does it a couple times. <laughs> but, uh, Brutus, apparently Brutus's go-to move is the side headlock. Oh, no, yeah, I, I wrote the... <laughs> I said it's, and I, I wrote this in joking because obviously Randy Orton's not a wrestler yet. I said he's going to the school of Randy Orton and just slowing no, it down. Fucking Randy Orton went to the school of Brutus Beefcake, man. Yeah, he, he studied <laughs> tapes and learned the Brutus Beefcake headlock. And it's so weird because it's like the side headlock is like his cheek is on Ted DiBiase's cheek while he's in a headlock. I was like, are they hugging? Like, what's hey, happening? Got you right here. <laughs> like, the fuck? 
And he does that shit where he's like, he keeps like doing this. Like he's, he's, gr- he's grinding him. I'm like, I guess. I mean, when Kurt Angle did that, it actually looked like it would kind of fuck you up. <laughs> you remember when he used to do that? Yeah. Kurt would grab a guy in a headlock and he'd do this thing where he'd go like, and he just like starts shaking and shit. And my headset's about to fall off. But like, it looked like it would just fuck your, your head up. And I was like, damn, that looks, this is from a headlock. I wrote this down and I'm not saying that he's like Hulk Hogan, but it's almost like very Hulk Hogan-like because he's doing the like over the top like punching like he's winding up before he punches. He does well, the, he does the yeah. hit him on the turnbuckle kind of thing and then headlocks. Yeah. Well, you know he is a disciple of Hogan, right? Yeah, I know. And I think that's why I kind of don't like Brutus that much. I mean, later on, you know, he joins the NWO and he's literally called the disciple. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, this is 93. This is when kind of transition, kind of like a new generation of wrestlers are coming. Even though Ted DiBiase's been there for a while, but at least Ted DiBiase, he, he has a move set and it looks deadly as fuck sometimes. Ted because- can work, man. He, he can work. He knows how to, you know, maximize all his movement. He sells great. He sells like one of those old school heels that over like bumps all like crazy when he gets hit finally. And he has a great fucking uh, setup, by the way, where he comes out in his suit and he just fucking tears it down and he's in his like trunks. He had that breakaway shit down before that was even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. This is when it actually gets interesting. It kind of turns more into an angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce has DiBiase on the ropes. And Jimmy Hart's been out there the whole time, by the way. Tell him like you can't, you can't sell him short, brother. You got, you got to take him serious. He's quick. He's quick now. <laughs> uh, IRS comes out with his metal briefcase. That's where all the taxes are. Yeah, that's where he keeps all the fucking tax forms and shit. In. Ten forties. <laughs> Do you see IRS at work? Have you ever seen him? No, but uh, you probably, you know, he's probably sending me emails, you know. <laughs> Do your taxes. He's like your your group manager or some shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're doing Irish whip thing, and then when Bruce's back is coming to IRS, he just smacks him in the back of the briefcase. And, DQ, and he right? gets D- DQ'd. They start beating down on him. And then, like, Jimmy Hart looks kind of uncomfortable with it. He's like, oh, come on. He's like, come on. His, his face messed up. Stop. Let, you beat him. Let's go. And then IRS is like, no, man, let's cave his face in. And Ted's all for it. Would he gets th- him up. Would you, think of, would you think of the briefcase where um, Ted is holding him and IRS just fucking wails on it? Like, takes that briefcase and just, like, lunges at his face. It oh, looks- yeah, he does a great lunging, running shot at him with it, and it sounded great. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the briefcase just goes down. And he's like, oh, no! And he's, like, rolling around, holding his face, like, holding onto his face. Didn't he and get hit by it- a paraglider or something like that? I don't really know the exact details of like whatever actually happened to him. <laughs> I, I think like... it legitimately was a parasailing accident of some sort, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the story was embellished in his promo. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like 
I think Vince even says it looks like he's trying to hold his face together. <laughs> like kind of disturbed by what was going on. And I I wrote if this was like in modern times, they would say the surgically repaired face of Brutus Beefcake. Because <laughs> I, I fucking hate that that they always do that. We know that goddamn guy had surgery. Why do you gotta always bring it up? So <laughs> so I guess this is this angle that they're pushing is that Jimmy Hart's gonna be on Brutus Beefcake's side because Hulk Hogan, right? Hogan, yeah. yeah, he's gonna manage both of them. But um, Jimmy tries to help Brutus, and he kind of st- he stops a further beatdown. And what surprised me was the crowd actually. A lot of the crowd actually looked kind of upset. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, I noticed there was like a couple girls and like some kid in the front row. They were like, like some girl was like, oh my god, like the whole time. Well, yeah, they <laughs> they brought him on the stretcher. Which, by the way, I want to say Jimmy Hart sold this really well. Like, he was actually concerned to the point where he's, like, yelling at, like, Vince McMahon or something. <laughs> like, Get somebody over here! Get some help! Yeah. He's, like, hanging on to him. He's, like, kind of holding his head and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the part I liked best was when Savage was just like, hey, uh, get a, Vince, see if you can get a cameraman in the ring, man. Look at this. It's like... <laughs> see, and then, like, it shows, like, there's a blood spot where Beefcake was at. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's it right there. He was like real <laughs> serious about it. And I was like, and I was like, damn. <laughs> like, this actually, like, this is funny to me because it, the promo that set all this up was terrible. Yeah. And then the match was, it probably just would have ended up being an okay match. Uh, Beefcake is what he is. Diviase is a good worker, even if he's getting a little old at this point. Mm-hmm. But. They turned it into kind of an interesting angle, like, real quick. It got, like, real serious. Mm-hmm. And you actually did feel kind of bad for the guy. At least I did. I, I kept on thinking, because I was like... They, he, you think they should have fucked up Jimmy Hart? Or were they just thinking he was just being weird? trying to? No, I mean... That would have probably overdone it because I think the point was to turn Jimmy Hart face here too. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, IRS did throw him out of the ring. He just tossed him and he flew through the ropes and he, he got back in there after a little while. Because his sunglasses were gone, which was pretty funny. They also laughed like bullies when they were leaving. It was hilarious. <laughs> Ted DiBiase does his laugh. <laughs> and then IRS just like grabs his briefcase pauses for a minute and looks at him. He's like, ha, 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 like that. I'm not even joking like that. And then he leaves. I love it. I love it. I think this is probably uh, my favorite tag team right now that we're watching. Fucking IRS and Teddy Biazzi, really? The Money Inc. over fucking, uh, fucking Steamboat and Shane Douglas? I'd oh, say for yeah. champions, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. At least they feel like they fucking work together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that's where it ends pretty much, right? Yeah, um, they try to type up the next episode, but they do a terrible job of it. <laughs> They're like, Vince is like, there's going to be a six-man tag. That's all he says. And then he says, like, there's going to be a, a, some other kind of match, and he doesn't even say who's going to be in the match again. I'm like, yay! There's going to be matches on the wrestling show. Would you get? Would you get this match? By the way, 
I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. And here's why. Because it, it turned into an angle. That yeah. wasn't the, that wasn't the match, you know. Yeah, I gave I, I gave it the same score. I gave it a five point five out of ten um, because I was like, I know where this is going, but I like how they set it up, though. It was, I liked the angle shit they did. The it, match was just probably just would have been an okay match. Yeah, I, I just hate Brutus. I, I I've always hated Brutus. So even when he was like a download uh download uh content thing on wwe 2k18 or whatever 2k game it was I was like oh brutus i don't care about you yeah so overall show it was another raw it just feels weird um i said this was this show was okay the angle at the end was solid mm -hmm. there was a couple good squashes yes and and some good recaps. Uh, the Yoko's in a recap with uh, fucking Duggan was actually kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, the giant Gonzalez recap was, again, kind of interesting in a weird way. <laughs> um, mostly just because, like, why is he... <laughs> I still can't wrap my head about how the match he has with Undertaker. And I can see, like, the shit he's doing here. I'm like, why, why did that suck so much? <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> but... Um, I gave this show a 5.75 out of 10. I rated it higher than the WCW show this time. I gave it a 5.50 out of 10. <clears throat> I I just... there Squash matches were okay. Yoko's was good. Uh, Steiner Brothers are good. But I wonder where the Steiner Brothers are going towards. I wrote it. I wrote a note there boy, after the match was over. Is like, I want to see them fight like a serious competitive tag team. Mm -hmm. Like the Beverly brothers are not a serious competitive tag team. No. I want to see the Steiners fight. I don't know. Fucking money Inc. But they're setting up Hogan and goddamn beefcake to fight them. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think they have much of a tag division at this point, which is kind of a running theme in WWE is like there's times where they have an amazing tag division, like the best out of any fucking company by a long shot. And then they'll go through these times where there's like almost no fucking tag teams. They have like no interest in the shit at all. Yeah. And this seems to be like one of those times. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Uh, so... We're going to talk off air about this. So if we are here next week, uh, the next two shows that we're going to be watching is WCW Saturday night, February 20th, 1993. And then February 21st on Sunday, uh, Super Brawl. Super Brawl 3, a pay-per-view for WCW. I'm excited for Super Brawl. Yeah. Um, so remember to watch those and then come back here and then we'll talk about it. And uh, if you want to catch more episodes on Getting Some Color or if you're into movie podcasts, we have Big Trouble Little Podcast. If you're into Resident Evil, which we did record the uh, books episode, uh, it's out there on YouTube land and uh, Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, all the all the podcasting thing. If you want to catch that, uh, please download it. 
Uh, and we also have Accelerated Gamer, which new episode should be coming out soon once Andy does edit that one. Uh, so if you want to catch that, just type in Nerd Review Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle, uh, and just you know hit the download button and give us a little review here and there. Uh, but until next time, everybody, dig it. Get some color. Put some mustard on it. <laughs> Later, guys.